the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know this is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs. Dr. Bob here and hope you're having a great day. This is a good day to praise the Lord. I trust you're having a good one and that the rest of the evening will be blessed and you're going to be blessed by being a part of this program, listening to our guest and what he has to say. A very appropriate message for this time of year as we head into Christmas. Hope you've got great plans with friends and fam, and that'll be a blessed time, an encouraging time, as we just allow the Lord to bless us with the relationships we have in this life. Luckily, all my family's here, so we'll be gathering around the corner at my daughter's for Christmas Eve and at our house for Christmas afternoon. Let the fam spend time by themselves since we have grown children on Christmas morning. So I tell you what, I'm, I have to backslide to go to sleep. I'm so excited about spending time with the fam. I trust you feel that way as well. I'm praying through uh, the word, and this morning was First Peter two two, like newborn babies, crave the pure spiritual milk of the word, that you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good. I pray you have a hunger for the word. You know, it seems like the longer we walk with the Lord, perhaps we're not like newborn babes; we're mature. But I hope you never leave that hunger for the Word. Let the Lord speak to you daily through the Word. And let me tell you, if you don't have a hunger for the Word, then two things uh, have occurred. And we noticed this when we were raising our children. If they they weren't hungry at dinner, one of two things was happening. They either had snacked on something they shouldn't have, or secondly, they were sick. So I'm just saying, dear friend, if you don't have a hunger for the Word, you've been snacking on the husks of this world, and you've ruined your appetite, or uh, you're spiritually sick. So get in the Word, let God speak to you, and you'll be blessed. Lord, thanks for today. Thanks for your Word. Help us to hunger for it, because it is our food that we might grow in it and buy it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's my joy to introduce our guest this evening, Tim Newell. CEO of His Envoys Group and founder of Harvest Investments in Chicago and then His Envoys Group here in Colorado Springs. My boss, Tim, welcome to this program. Thanks for having me on, Bob. Looking forward to a conversation. Well, looking forward to what you have to share. And it's a joy to have Tim in my studio. I've worked with him for him for a year and... Tim is one of the most generous persons I've ever met. I mean, that's sincerely, Tim. Every time I every time I turn around, you're giving something to somebody. 
<laughs> how, do, how did you get to how did you get to the place? I'm serious. How most people wouldn't you agree? Most people are not generous. I hate to make a generic statement, but it seems to me they're not even Christians. Well, I think that by and large, uh, we're born with a sinful nature that at the core has a a challenge with generosity. We have a selfishness, me first uh, perspective mm-hmm. with our sinful nature, and it's a surrendered journey for all of us. Um, and I don't think I've got that all figured out yet, but I'm working on it. Yes, sir. As we all are a, a journey of surrender. Yeah. I like that. A journey of surrender. It seems like, and in this, as we talk about money, as we talk about maybe a different perspective toward money and stewardship over our lives, that seems to be your life message. It seems, Tim, that people tend, in my opinion, fall into one of three, four categories. Uh, first of all, they're they're clinch fisted. Yeah. You know, they just kind of, it's, it's mine and, and, and I control it that type of attitude. Very, uh, very little generosity there. Uh, secondly, I call them the tippers. Yeah. <laughs> they'll throw a 20 in the plate. You know, they make 200,000 a year and they'll throw a 20 in the plate every Sunday. They think they're doing a good job. And then there are the tithers. And then there are the generous givers that yeah. have, as you, as you have well illustrated, uh, not clenched fist, uh, but not not hands open or closed with just one finger s- symbolizing the tithe, yeah, yeah. but open hands. Isn't that kind of good that, perspective? That's exactly our perspective. I call it the, the journey of the T's from tipping to tithing to trusteeship. Oh, that's good. Uh, you know, when, when somebody first walks in the door and they park themselves in a pew and they enjoy what they hear or what they're singing about and they often become a good tipper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they get taught a little bit more about the word, and they hear this, the, all, hear about all the principles of tithing, and begin to experience the joy of that faith journey. And and you know, statistics tell us that the average Christian, mm-hmm. and I don't know if the listener that I'm talking to today is would consider themselves average, above average, below average, but it doesn't really matter. The average Christian out there. <laughs> Uh, struggles with even the even the concept of a tithe, um, and, well, and many across, across many do the, amazing at it. Yes, yes, across <laughs> the boards. I think the latest stat I saw across the board: church attending Christians they give two point five percent of their yeah. income. Yeah. So, and that includes those that are the the, the tippers that you know put the twenty dollars yeah, yeah. proverbial twenty dollars or five dollars or two bucks in yeah, the plate. Yeah. And those that are, you know, giving 30, 40, 50 percent of their income. Yep, yep. Um, but I think the real destination for that journey is to come to the place of trusteeship, which is where we're holding it all, all 10 fingers, if you will, open-handed, saying, Lord, it's all yours. And you've entrusted me with all of this stuff, all of these resources uh, that are not ours. We're just a trustee over resources that we've been entrusted with for a season. Mm-hmm. And one day we will give account for how we functioned as a trustee. And we, I'm sure you've taught many times on a few of those parables that teach on those principles, right? Yes. But, but it ultimately is all his, mm-hmm. and I'm just a trustee of stuff that, that's not mine. I forget what, I don't have the stat in front of me, what percentage of the world's population lives in the United States. I think it's about 5 
seven billion three hundred fifty million. That would be about five percent, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And we control what half of the world's wealth, something like that. Just just a little north of that, I believe. But wow. depending upon how you run those calculations, yeah, but just yeah. a little north of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm reminded of a church in Thailand. Uh, it was a church of all tithers, Tim. <laughs> Every single church member tithes. Wow. And guess what? It's a leper colony. <laughs> We're going to stand before wow. the Lord. Wow. Tim, we're going to stand before the Lord. Yeah. And I'm burdened to say this. From the United States, those of us who are wealthy. Yeah. And he's going to say, what were you thinking? Yeah. The opportunities we had to give, to be to be generous, and to have the perspective that you have, that you embrace, that's biblical. He's just lent it to us for a season. Yeah. To do it, uh, be a, be a, a trustee, a steward, a manager of of our money. Well, in a moment, I want to hear your story. We're going. I'm going to hear your story because people don't arrive at this place um, quickly. I don't think, and there's usually a backstory to it. And I want to hear yours uh, because I think it's very very significant. I want to take a right turn here. Uh, money, it seems the further we get ahead, the further we get behind, doesn't it? Especially this time of yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a fellow bumped his head and went into a 20-year coma, and he awakens in the year 2045. And so, Tim, the first thing he did was call his broker to see how his investments were doing. Have you heard this? No, I haven't. So the broker reported that his investments are now worth a total of $200 million. <laughs> he says, I'm rich, I'm rich. At which, point, at which point he had to stop by the gas station to fill his tank, and he, to his amazement, when his tank was full, the amount he owed was fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they uh, that the police officer pulled up and arrested him for tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, he owes a hundred million of that two hundred million. So we're going to be talking about financial freedom. We're going to encourage you as a listener to just take a different perspective over your resources and the exciting vision of making a kingdom impact with that which the Lord has entrusted us. So return and we'll hear Tim's story when you return with us. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back, team. And speaking of teams, I have my boss here, Tim Newell, who is CEO of his Envoys Group, and you always call us team. We're the team, yes, indeed. So you're the coach, all right? I'll talk, call you coach. I'm just, that? I'm just on the team. You're on the team. <laughs> well, you're the you're the you're the player coach, leading by example. I, and I think Bev would have issue with you calling me the boss because she's the boss. That's right. Absolutely. Are we blessed or what with our <laughs> wives? Uh, I'm uh, going on my 51st year. What are you going on yours? Just over 40. Over 40. Just All crossed right. 40 this year in All June. All right. All right. Keep working, Ed. We're, we're chasing you. You'll catch up with us. Catch up with us. Well, Tim, I, I assume you were born, you know, uh, people of um, means. A lot of them, obviously, uh, have experienced generational wealth. And that, I think, is something that's uh, needful, that we need to think about, our legacy. And uh, so I assume you were born with a spiritual, uh, not a spiritual, but a silver spoon in your mouth, right? You were born with all this wealth that came down to you, right? Oh, exactly. exactly. 
Tell us your story, buddy. Well, the the cool part of that story is I was born with incredible spiritual wealth in that uh, my mom, uh, I'm number four of seven children, and uh, my mom surrendered her life to Christ when she was pregnant with me. Wow. Uh, pretty cool. She actually, back in the day when you would dial zero on a rotary phone to dial the operator, yeah. and she called the operator looking for a recommendation for a church because she thought she needed to, now that she has four kids, fourth child on the way, that she needed to raise her kids to get religious or something like that. And uh, the operator recommended a church. She went to that church the following Sunday, surrendered her life to Christ, and, and as they say, the rest is history. Wow. Uh, so, That's yes, a I have an incredible uh, history uh, in that our, our wealth is in Christ. Amen. Uh, but we grew up in the in the inner city of Chicago, dirt poor. Wow. Never knew which utility was going to be turned off next or Amen. or where the next meal was coming from. Wow. Um, and and so, uh, no, I— uh, all my parents left me was a lot of their <laughs> their debts, but we we were thrilled to support them in their in their uh, weaning years. And, wow! Uh, uh, God has been uh, extremely. Uh, I've been extremely blessed for forty years of being in this business in the financial services business, um, and um, it's been, as I said in the previous segment, a journey of surrender for me. You know, to come to the place where. Um, I really surrender to what Scripture really teaches us, mm -hmm. the absolute truth about not just money, but our time, talent, resources, mm -hmm. et cetera, that it really does all belong to him, and it's just on loan to us. And we're here on this dot on the line we call life mm -hmm. in, the, in the grand spectrum of eternity, and we've all been entrusted with a certain amount of time, uh, a certain amount of time, uh, uh, talent that we can mm -hmm. apply in various different ways, and then resources, mm. financial resources. And I think that it's probably one of the most challenging things that uh, we as Christ followers have to surrender is is money. Yes. Um, in fact, Scripture has more to say about money than any other topic. It's one of the, the top five, no doubt about that. Yeah. That's a good, good reminder. And we want to encourage you as a listener to consider uh, your perspective. And we desire you to experience financial freedom mm -hmm. and the joy that comes in being a generous person. And obviously, Tim, you are wired uh, for this, I have a philosophy of, of, in child raising. I have a philosophy of something like this, that, of course, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and uh, they'll not depart from it. That way is the direction. Uh, I think uh, children usually <clears throat> have a bent in one of four directions. The arts, the academics, the academics, athletics, or the ability to raise money <laughs> or make money. So uh, I've, I've, I've seen that in people's lives. And obviously, you're, was there a turning point, Tim, in your life? Was there something you could turn to? Or was it more of a, of a, of a growth? As our listeners are listening, they, every one of us has a vision of, of making a kingdom impact for Christ followers. With some, it's a it's a it's a point in time. With others, it's it's a journey and surrender. Which which is it with you? I would say it's been an ongoing journey. You know, I recommitted my life to Christ as a teenager after 
taken a few years to sow some wild oats that I'm not real proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a journey of surrender ever since with every area of my life. And I can't say that um, I'm always thrilled with what I see <laughs> with, the, with the real Tim Newell that I see, but I know that that's not really the real Tim Newell that I see with mm-hmm. the, the physical body and, and the emotions and the mind. It's, re- it's really that the, the, the Tim Newell that, got, that surrendered his life to Christ uh, was 100% saved, uh, that that day as as just as much as I am today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's that surrender process yes. that we walk through yes. in that journey along the way. Um, you know, one of the areas that I struggled with as an investment advisor and investing uh, money on behalf of both individuals and families and ministries is if it really is all his, then it must matter not just how people spend money or even how they give money, mm-hmm. like we were talking about in the previous segment, but also how they invest resources that are not ours. In other words, if, if this is really God's money, which mm-hmm. it all is, and I'm taking an ownership position, so when I invest in a company, I am an owner, and I'm equally yoked as an owner with the other owners in that company. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really work through, are there companies that I probably should not be investing God's resources in that company, either because they are manufacturing something or selling something or even donating to a cause. Planned Parenthood, for instance, or I I just had a conversation. Alcohol, whatever. Yeah, I'll be. Had a a conversation this afternoon with a gentleman down in Arizona um, and just asked him, you know, hey, just, just curious as, Part of your giving strategy, are you thinking about making a contribution to Planned Parenthood? And he kind of looked at me through the Zoom screen and like, are you kidding me? Why would you ask me that question? And I said, oh, I'm just curious because, you know, you just mentioned a few of these stock companies that you own. Yep. And you unknowingly already are. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, kind of pulled back and can see the glitch on his face. And I'm like, well, those companies, three of those companies that you just named, are companies that write large contributions every year to not just Planned Parenthood, but other organizations like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was a challenge in my journey to mm-hmm. come to the place where I was willing to say, well, if that company is making a contribution to Planned Parenthood or trafficking in abortion, should I be putting God's money in that place? Um and our our mission as an organization is to have kingdom impact by championing biblical financial stewardship. Well, investing is a part of stewardship. Investing his resources is a part is a part of stewardship. And you know, early on when I first discovered this concept of biblically responsible investing as it's often referred to or mm-hmm. values-based investing, um some of the Money managers I saw that did that, uh, their returns were less than desirable, mm-hmm. uh, and they were grossly underperforming the markets. And so I struggled with that as a fiduciary. Is that something that I should be doing, investing in such a way that I'm settling for lower returns? Mm-hmm. And um, that was part of my surrender journey of stewardship. And we had already been teaching all kinds of amazing biblical principles of generosity and giving and and charitable giving strategies and how to be able to have 
multi-generational kingdom impact. But that's an area that I wasn't so quick to surrender. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to tell you, with that win in tears, I surrendered. I can remember where I was at. Uh, walking down around this hotel down in Orlando, Florida, and I said, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll honor you in this. Wow, and he certainly has. So we'll talk more about how to spend our money, how to save, how to invest, to honor the Lord as stewards when we return. Thank you, Tim. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back, team. Appreciate you listening this evening as we discuss a very exciting subject and challenging this season, this Christmas season. We're buying gifts for folks and and um, maybe running up that credit card a little m- more than we should. Uh, what is our credit card debt? I think it's up to a billion dollars in the United States, isn't it? It's at an all-time high. Yeah. Consumer debt is Yeah, yeah. Is and hard. we're talking about a journey of surrender. We're talking about how we can use the resources God has given us to make kingdom impact, to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. Tim, my philosophy is, and you might disagree with me, I believe an approach to giving is would be... We give to get, to give, to get, to give more. I don't believe you can outgive God. What do you think? Well, ab- absolutely correct. That we there's no way, and he and he challenges us to try. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's one of the only things that he challenges us to do. And try to outgive me. You yeah, know, yeah. Test me. Yes, yes. he says. But um, what you're really talking about is the the laws of sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. You know, a farmer sows seed in the ground, and when he puts that seed in the ground, he can never get it back, right? In other words, it's sowed to produce what? A harvest. Uh, And when when he sows that seed, he's always expecting a much greater harvest from that seed that's sown. Yeah. And so those are the spiritual principles connected to Giving and generosity. And when and we sow seeds, harvest, and, comes more seeds, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and more yeah. seeds come out of that yeah, harvest. Yeah, that's a great illustration. And it is a journey of surrender. Uh, our testimony has been thank God I was raised in an evangelical home, believed in tithing as a part of the moral law of God. The Old Testament law was divided into three parts there was the civil, how to run a theocracy, that no longer applies to us. We're not a theocracy as a nation. There was the ceremonial, that doesn't apply to us because Christ fulfilled that. But then there was the moral, and the tithe was a part of the moral law of God. It is binding, if you will, on us today. In my opinion, it's the basement of giving. So uh, Beverly and I, as a single adult, we we always had, had the joy of, of tithing, as the Lord led on top of that to give to missions, we support two children uh, over in Ethiopia. We give to Hope is Alive, a halfway house for Christian uh, guys coming off of drugs and whatnot. It's never been easy. I remember, Tim, we were young adults trying to raise three kids in Austin, and this uh, flight attendant gave us uh, two free tickets uh, southwest to fly anywhere in the continental United States round trip. Wow. She said, I want to bless you with uh, these two tickets. Tim, we didn't, what were we supposed to do? Uh, fly to 
New York City and get back on the plane and fly back, we hadn't didn't have a penny to our name to spend on it. We we had to let it expire. We couldn't even use it. I mean, I guess we could have flown to New York City, turn around, and fly back. What's the joy in that? You know. But hey, you know, we had challenging times. Uh, raising three uh, uh, teenagers later on, Tim, we we ran through eight cars in twelve months. Wow. That, that I think I think it even is more than that with wrecks and blown engines and one of them was stolen. We were twenty thousand dollars. And to think and, I drove here with you? <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What faith? Uh, we were twenty thousand dollars in consumer debt. But hey, we worked at it little by little. We knocked that thing out. So if I'm speaking to someone, you feel like there's no hope. There is hope for you. Listen to my testimony. There's hope for you as you tackle this thing and. Pray about it and ask the Lord to help you. I know you got yourself into that mess, but God, hey, the Lord gets a lot of us out of the messes we got ourselves into. He certainly did Simon Peter when he when he you know was drowning. So, Tim, how would you how did you respond to to that? Help our listeners where they are get to the next step. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of sermons that I'm sure everybody's heard on on tithing, and so I don't need to beat that drum, and I'm not going to do that. Um, what I would say that I see the greatest challenge that the the C Capital Church that we serve, and we serve over fifteen thousand households in the community of faith across the country, and in missionaries in sixty different countries, etc. And what I see is sometimes the greatest challenge is not the it's not the tithing; it's that surrender to trusteeship to come to the place where. I believe that it really does truly all belong to him. And what does that mean? And how do I actually live that out in a way that has a perspective on eternity and a perspective on Mm -hmm. eternal kingdom impact? And um, I, I suppose I surrendered the calculator connected to the concept of giving a long time ago. And it was probably one of the best things that I ever did. Mm -hmm. I don't get out a calculator, and I and I try to get uh, adv- folks that we give financial advice to to set the calculator aside hmm. and listen to that still small voice. And I know that most of us don't walk into church anymore and and actually write a physical check and put it in the offering offering plate. We we give electronically mm-hmm. often, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Uh, but to some degree, we've lost the the blessing of of responding to that still small voice and saying, Lord, what would you have me to give today? Mm-hmm. What would you have me to plant? What what should that seed look like? How much can I sow today? Mm-hmm. And and listening to that still small voice and that step of faith. You know, we've been blessed with resources that uh, that we can be way beyond a tithe, and I don't say that for any other reason mm-hmm. to say that I don't have to worry about where is— Where's the next meal coming from? And I know not all of our listeners are in that place. Mm-hmm. So that journey of surrender is going to be a different step for each of us, depending upon where we're at in that mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I absolutely love to do right now is to pull open that app in church and and uh, go to that giving spot and and hand it to my one of my kids sitting next to me and say, I want you to pray about what the Lord would have you put on that line. Mm-hmm. Now that's a big step of faith for me because I have no idea what they're going to put yeah, on that line. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, and I have to just trust that God can speak to her mm-hmm. 
and that she can listen to that still small voice, even though I just did this recently and she's 15 years old and she has no idea what is really in that account mm-hmm. and what would clear that that number. Uh, but this, for, for me, there's different ways that God will test us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we will step out and test and, and in that test and see what he will do when we step out in faith. Oh, that's a good word. Wow, the life lessons you're teaching your children, because um, as I've said before, sometimes it, it, it's a terrifying thing when our kids grow up and be like us. <laughs> but if we're in a home where I was raised and our and my home of origin, and thankfully our, our children have embraced, embraced this as well, this concept of, of being generous, they, they catch, they catch, it's more, Caught than taught. Absolutely. They catch on to it. So in your in your home, if you can think about what, what can we do to instill this atmosphere of, of generosity in, in our home so that it becomes generational, passed on from one generation to the next. And I want to share a, a word here from Proverbs 21.5, the, the plans of the diligent lead surely to profit. Mm. So I want to encourage you, again, if you can think in terms, listener, because I'm telling you, our testimony, though I told you the, the, the dark side of our journey through giving, even though we, we've uh, tithed all of our lives just in the last few years, and I'm retired from the ministry, uh, Tim, these it's residual. Beverly and I have had the privilege, and it's not because of of some windfall, we've had the privilege, by God's grace, for God's glory, to give more the last two years we have in our lives. Praise God. So the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Mm. You can just plan and ask the Lord and do wise investing and saving. Then you'll get to the place, just that next step up in surrender of all that is ours. When we return, we'll conclude with some exciting principles that will change your life. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, team, and thanks for joining us this evening. I'm with Tim Newell, uh, CEO of his Envoys Group, my boss. It's a joy to serve with you, sir, and to work for you. What are we saying? What are we saying? We're saying to take the approach in life with the uh, an open hand with all that we have. And I think that, uh, that applies practically. Hey, you know, uh, my car broke down. My, my first response, Tim, is this, well, Lord, this is your car. <laughs> your car's broke down here. <laughs> Everything we have belongs to him. Here, here's the deal. I want you to think about this, dear listener. It's, it's been my approach to life. Uh, Tim, everything I have and are is because of God and others. Mm-hmm. Everything I have and are is because of God and others. And I think if we can just take a different perspective on life, on resources, and the journey of surrender is what we're saying. We're reengaging this powerful, powerful principle because the Lord is very concerned about how uh, you give, how you save, how you spend, and how you invest. And the Lord had some strong things to say about investing toward the, the end of his ministry. Does that, does that ring true to you, Tim? Am I on the right track here? Uh, you are. Um, let me back up, though, 
And, um, you know, I think part of the challenge of what you just said, and even I think if I remember right when we closed out the last segment uh, and you talked about, um, I think you used, I'd have to go back and remember exactly, but you you used the word your money, uh, your resources. Mm -hmm. And technically that's, that's kind of a lie, mm-hmm. right? Yep, no, yep. that's that's pretty strong language. But let me explain what I mean by that, Bob, uh, Doctor Bob. If I asked you, mm-hmm. I said, you know, Jen and I are redrafting our revocable living trust, and I would like you to consider being the successor trustee for that trust. Mm-hmm. And if something happens to both Jen and I, would you serve as the successor trustee over the resources that are in that trust? And and distribute income to the income beneficiaries or children or grandchildren mm-hmm. to fund all the ministries that that we've uh, asked to be funded, mm-hmm. and they're going to be a part of making some of those decisions. But would you serve as the trustee over the resources in that trust for me? Would you be willing to do that? Why, sure. Well, so if you were in that role mm-hmm. as a trustee, as a fiduciary for the Tim and Jennifer Newell Revocable Living Trust— um, those are not your resources. Yes, indeed. It would be wrong for you to say that I'm managing my money mm-hmm. or I'm making decisions about my money because it's not yours. Yeah. So you're just functioning as a trustee, right? right? And that's really the role that God has put us in. That's good when we talk about being a trustee, it's not a trustee over our stuff. It's a trustee over his stuff. Mm-hmm. And and we are making in in financial decisions every single day with someone else's money, his money. And and that's really the acronym for that company you referred to earlier that, that we founded years ago. His, uh, I'm sorry, his investment, Harvest Investment Services is the H-I-S. acronym wow. HIS, wow. It, that it's all his. That's good. And that was really more to remind me every day that this isn't my mm-hmm. company. This yes. is his company. It's yes. his his resources. And that is so hard for us because even in our language, I mean, you open the mail and mm-hmm. it's got your name on that bank account statement. Yeah. Do and you own or rent your home? Yeah. Yeah. Your title <laughs> on your home, yeah. on your yeah. car, whatever. But it's not yours. It's it, We're just the trustee over resources that we've been entrusted with. Mm-hmm. And just like if you were that trustee over our trust, uh, the beneficiaries could call you on account if mm-hmm. you were mishandling those resources that are not yours. And they can say, you know, Dr. Bob, what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. You couldn't. Why why did you do that? You know, what were you thinking about? And I believe that one day we will all, Scripture teaches us, that we will all give account for what we have been entrusted with. Mm -hmm. And just like in the parable, when the master came back and the guy buried it in the ground or the guy that produced a a fivefold or a Mm -hmm. tenfold return, what did he say to that one that buried it in the ground or didn't? act as a good steward. He Mm -hmm. took it away from him and he gave it to the guy that produced a great return. Mm -hmm. But what did he say to that guy? You remember? To to the guy who did not invest well, you wicked and and lazy servant. And what and then he followed it up with he talked about going to the place where there is Yeah. Weeping and really you know bad gnashing of teeth. I know, In other that's words, serious I th- language. It's pretty serious language. I probably shouldn't say it on the air, but you know, go to hell then. I think yeah, is what yeah. he was saying, yes, and that, that that doesn't sound real, you know. But the reality is, is that scripture is pretty serious on yes, this topic, yes. and we treat it fairly flippantly. Mm-hmm. Yep, we do uh, because we we live in a world where we're we're seeing great wealth amassed all around us. Mm-hmm. 
and and we forget that this is not ours, yep. that yep. it's really his. Yep. Good reminder. We are stewards. We are managers. We have a responsibility with what the Lord has entrusted to us. That's that's the bottom line. Thanks for that reminder. And again, back, back I want to re-engage two things here before we close. Number one, the uh, what a lot of people don't realize is with their portfolio, their investments, that they are investing in some anti-Christian and ungodly sin stocks, I guess we would call them. So would you unpack that just for a little bit? How, how do I know and what should I do? Sure. Great question. Well, Dr. Bob, you know, as I asked the question earlier about would you uh, make a contribution yeah. to Planned Parenthood, you know, I could give any number of different examples. But the reality is, is most people unknowingly, as Christ mm-hmm. followers, are investing God's resources in companies that are in direct opposition to a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, whether they're whether investing in companies that maybe they don't realize that that company is supporting and contributing to life-controlling addictions that are destroying families. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, whether it be gambling or porn or start filling in the blanks. And I believe that you know, we can't unpack all of this in the few minutes that we have on the air, but the reality is we should ask ourselves the question, with any company that we're putting his resources in, is this a company that they're doing things, manufacturing things, you know, donating to things that are in direct opposition to what God's Word teaches? There are actually moral absolutes. There yep. is... Yep. It's not relative truth. There's absolute right, truth. Right. So we should ask that of our advisor, our financial Absolutely. advisor, our bank, yeah. for instance. Yeah. And the question again, again is what? The, the question we should be first of all asking ourselves is, am I unknowingly partnering and supporting causes or things that are in direct opposition to a biblical worldview? Mm-hmm. And that could be, you know, you might you might be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we recently had a conversation with a ministry that's a pro-life ministry, and yet they were had resources in a place that are actually supporting yeah. Planned Parenthood, which is in direct opposition to everything sure, that ministry sure. stands for. Unknowing so whether we're, we're a minister or running a ministry uh, or or just our family resources mm-hmm. that, have, that we've been entrusted with or the IRA or even – even the kids, you know, we're teaching the kids, how do they go about starting an investment account? How do we have those conversations with them? These are important questions that that need to start at a young age. Yes, yes, to, to avoid the sin stocks and invest only in those. And they're out there, they're biblically responsible investing. There's plenty of stocks that, that are clean, right? Absolutely. Okay, good, yep. good. Yep. That's, that's a good, good word. You might want to consider that. Well, Tim, why don't you close briefly? What challenge would you give our listeners, particularly at family time, Christmas coming up here? Great question. You know, we live in a culture and a society that um, is very focused on the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And we've lost the concept of multi-generational. And, I, and one of the things that I would encourage our listeners to do is to think about the conversations that you're having with your family, with your with your children and the grandchildren, and what are some things that we could be doing this year, some some ideas that we could be talking about that could have multi-generational kingdom impact. Mm-hmm. In other words, if, if the Lord tarries and 50 years from now, uh, we're, we're still, or we've gone to be with Jesus, yeah. uh, will, will the decisions that we've made this year have a kingdom impact that will outlast this generation? 
Amen. Amen. So encourage, uh, take advantage of this time with the family to have these spiritual conversations and encourage one another in the Lord to make a kingdom impact with the resources the Lord has given us. Tim, thank you very much. You're a rock star. Appreciate you being on my thank program. You. Thank you, Dr. Bob. 100.7, The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.